When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we run through the deep amount of young talent and future stars that we sat down with this past year. When we set out to get familiar with the next wave of players, we wanted to give them an opportunity to pick the brain and learn from the one and only Agent Zero. Meanwhile, Gil wanted to see for himself what exactly this next crop was made of. Bottom line, the game is in good hands. From guys hitting the league like Onyeko Okongwu or Cassius Stanley to the guys ready to make the leap like Josh Christopher and Kyrie Walker, we got in deep with top-tier talent. And then there are the top prospects like Peyton Watson and Amara Barely and Jaden Hardy. They're proving why they are ready to take and run with the top spot. As for the up-and-comers, we found out from McKinley Randolph and Juju Watkins and Sky Clark that they're getting ready early to change the game. Yep, the game is in good shape and then some. We were on a mission to find out for ourselves and we came back with good news. It's the No Show Podcast. It was a great year with these young players. Go and watch them now and go and subscribe if you haven't already to the No Show Podcast for this episode and more to come from 2020 to 2021. And don't forget to subscribe to the No Show channel on YouTube and don't forget No Chill with Gilbert Arenas on Fubo every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Speaking of motivation, I want to talk about the number you wear and the importance of that. Tell us about the story and the reason why you wear it. So when I was 13 years old, my older brother passed away. He was only 17. So I was really traumatized because of that. And I vowed, you know, I'm going to wear 21. I rest of my life, you know, rest of high school, college, hopefully NBA, I'm wear 21. You know, he's a very important piece of my life. You know, I am his legacy. I'm the second version of him. So I just played basketball for him, and I just did everything I can for him. That's a really great story. So I think if you, every time you play, every time you look down, you see that number on, you know that he's with you. And then that's even more reason to, to be driven. For sure. Ooh, double seven. <laughs> that's where the seven comes from. You were 17, right? He was 17, yeah. 21 divided by three, seven? Ah. Yeah, so you can try to, you can try to figure out, you know, you, all right, Gil, I, I want to play some game recognizes game here. So you watch some film. Uh-huh. What are your thoughts on who Double uh, O should emulate? Hey, listen, I'm, let's be honest. He tried to compare you to Capella. Play Capella? Yeah. It's not bad. That's Dude, solid. that's trash as shit. Oh, my God. I, I, trash I, I saw some similarities. No, that's a trash-ass comparison. He can't do nothing but catch lobs, bro. Great hands finishes that's around the That's all he room. do is he, can, he can't do nothing else. You do not want to be <laughs> that's compared. That's not your whole game, but that But you don't want to be compared to that. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 Because no. I'm watching like Capella. Who wants to be Capella? Who else did I say? I was like, no, I man, the man posts up, man. He can shoot the jumper. He can pass. He, hell no. That, okay. No, that's what he tried to, he tried to throw you under the compeller. So who do you think? Right now, I mean, you're going to have to go like old school, four or five. You're more athletic than the KG was. He was pretty You're not athletic. as fast as Anthony Davis. Well, you got the same. You play more back to the basket than he does. I throw to Anthony Davis. You're more on Anthony Davis than Capella. I'll take that. You're, you're closer to just say Capella. You're closer to you're, like because if I'm going off of what he tried to say, I'm like, no, come on, man. Because Capella don't play back to back. He can't post save his life. He'll throw that bitch in the stands <laughs> if you gave him the ball down there. You know, I'm, I that's what I, I said. Say I back got to the, the basket. Move, I said around the rim. Huh? I said around the rim, not back. No, to I mean because he's because he see you catching lobs. So you know. Typical white person try to all put us in, the, <laughs> try to put us in the box. You know, he didn't try to put us in the box. Nah, my man had more moves to that man. I seen him in the post up. You good, bro? Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> that was like Anthony Davis. You know, he he only shot the you know 15 footer um, when he first came in, so yeah. probably stronger. Probably jump higher. He's longer. Yeah, but you probably jump higher. 
and these guys, you can take pieces of their game. That's maybe all I'm getting at. But these are guys that you can study. Who else are you studying? Uh, you know, I've been told Amari Stoudemire. That's a good one. A couple of times I've heard Bam a lot. You know, Bam is the one I get the most. Montrez Harrell. I can't really dribble like him, but just, you know, he's undersized. That motor. He has a motor, yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to be a star, are you? I want to be a star. That's my goal. Okay, then you say the names of Anthony Davis when they ask you, Anthony Davis, then you just name all superstars. All right? Mario's a superstar. Yeah, Mario. He'd be like, Mario. Beast. I feel like, you know, if you want to throw, you know, I got a little bit of Embiid in me. You know, you just, you, you do that. You, you mentally do that to yourself. So when you tell them, yeah, I got Embiid in me, got a little shack when I dunk, so I'm a little <laughs> bit of shack, you know, just a little thinner shack. And you just, you just keep on that, you know, that, that, that roster of greatness. So when, when you throw it in people's minds, they know where you mentally at. Because I remember when Jordan said, you know, that I was, um, <laughs> When, when he said, I reminded him of one of his teammates, and he, he's... Don't laugh, because that shit was not funny. <laughs> you thought Shane Battier was bad. Wait uh, for this one. And he said that was Randy... Brown. Randy. Randy. Just, just the name <laughs> Randy just didn't... He said, yo, you remind me of a player Randy Brown. Like, <laughs> and Brown, I just scored 40. <laughs> he can't score four. I don't, that's a, I, I, he's a defensive player. Do y'all put him in at the end of the game? Like, oh, you, he's telling me I'm not an NBA player. You know, <laughs> like, like I, I was in, I was in my, I was in at the camp, like soaking. Like I didn't want to talk to the kids no more. Like it was one of those things where, it, like, it really hurt me. Like Randy Brown. Base, I think we just had that swag. Like, I think we just have that extra swag. I could, like, we could walk into a gym, I could wear a chain, I could have a smile on my face, and then still come dogging for work. And they're gonna have a problem. I feel like Cali kids, we don't really care. We do what we want, we play, we go home. I feel like it makes other people mad. I feel like that nonchalant character about Cali kids, like, that's just something you care I, I think that, that swag boils down to what confidence. Yeah, you know, for that's sure. another way of saying that. So, but it's like over the top confidence. But on the basketball court, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you have a uniform matter. on. Doesn't matter if your shorts are up. You know, rolled up high. Because there's so much talent. There's so much talent here that when you get to the top of that, you know you are at the top. So when you go play East Coast, yeah, they might be grimy and they they all fierce and stuff. But when it comes to just natural talent, we're better. It's just basketball. <laughs> it's just basketball. You just gonna jump around and it stuff. It was a different era. We were talking earlier today about Timberlands. Like you don't see Tims out here in no, LA. No, LA is like, Vans and Chucks. But think of that <laughs> big boots back '90s though. That was it was just no, a different era never, of basketball. No, we didn't wear that here. I know you didn't. But New York players, guys coming from near Marbury, Sham guys. They like, probably still wear boots. Yeah, they for sure do. No, we don't wear no boots and. <laughs> Yeah, we chucks and we got the nice little yeah, 95s. But I think to put your finger on it, the mindset of like the East Coast toughness, the greediness, right? And LA, what it is, you just said it's swag. Mm -hmm. It's confidence. And you have to be a character. So more than ever, I think that's welcomed as a, as a player. Is to yeah, be I, think, a I think it translates better too, realistically. And we can shoot the ball better. Yeah. For sure. That's we, have the, we have the best all-around game. Without a doubt, 100%. And it's a hometown bias. I'm, I'm, I'm it's not hometown bias. It's, it's that's not. That's it's not. That's little, He's from New, New York, York where they just dribble around and do yeah, nothing with the ball. That's that's his city. They just want to dribble around, dribble the shot clock out. Like that going to trans. Like see, that's a problem with New York basketball. What you what they do in high school does not translate anywhere else. So you can have this one guard that can just dribble the clock out, 30, 32 minutes just dribbling. When you get to college, there's a shot clock. God damn it. You, now you got to change your whole game. Then in the NBA, there's another shot clock that's even lower than that one. And you have never prepared for none of that because you was too busy just dribbling. You don't know how to finish games three, two, one. You ain't doing that in the backyard because you're too busy dribbling. That's why they fell off. Last 20, was it last 20-something years? Kimba Walker is the best player Kimber, ever came yeah. out of New York. Kimba Walker. Kyrie. Well, so you, no, Kyrie's New, New, New Jersey, Jersey. So New Jersey doesn't count. Tri-state area. Nope. New York. You got Kimba and Lance Stevenson. It's the one and two. Mm. Cole Anthony now. Who? Cole Anthony. Who? You know who Cole Anthony is. He didn't get drafted yet. He, he's, he's in the NBA? He's, he's come, yeah. He's in the NBA? He's, when the draft happens, yes. Oh, okay. I mean, just, whew. I'm just, bump your brace. I'm just anointing that was the next New York. Okay, just bump your brace. You just can't give everybody this. You got 
you got what's the name? In Lance. That's I guess I, I mean I've never really heard you do this before. You don't want to name stars ahead of time. No Jason Tatum yet until he's an all-star, no Zion until he's an all-star, but Iverson would look at me in my face until I made the all-star game. Like you'd be talking to him, he'd be like, damn, yeah, that's bro. sick. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> damn, bro. You want to even look a man in his face when he asks you a question? Has glasses on looking right through you, bro. Yeah, that's fair. You're going to have to come in and adjust, you know, yeah. with a shorter I mean, runway. I don't know. I feel like that might help me, though. Sure. I, I was thinking about it because, I mean, a lot of times you can really come in overthinking. Like, I got to come in. I got to do all this. But if you come in there, you just go, get thrown in the fire. You're thrown in the fire. You got you to gotta just go for it. Just to just to take off the pressure, it's gonna actually be easier for you. That's what I felt like. And the reason it's gonna be easier is because training camps, like it's laughable to a kid who just got out of college. So you know, it's two a days. An hour of it is can only be contact. So another uh, the other hour can't you can there's no contact. Well, sounds like so like just college. you know so basically it's. You know, even if you, so if you go two a days, the max they can practice you for that day is three hours. Only an hour and a half contact. But you got to remember, these guys just got off. So coming into training camp, they're not going to actually be in the shape that they're supposed to be in. So you're going to be here peak-wise, shining. And most likely, depending on what team you get drafted to, because you've been working out here, you're going to be put into the... They're not going to have time because these guys are not going to be game ready. You know, there's going to be veterans that's just going to sit, you know, at the beginning, yeah. you know, depending on what team they are. So, I mean, this is, a, this is a bad thing, but a great year because no matter what, you're going to be the standout soon as you're there because of what you've been doing for the last nine months. How about the idea that as the young guy, right, you're low man on the totem pole, like any job, you got to make an impact from day one. That's really the mindset you have to have coming in. How do you do that? You've been working for nine months, two a days, three a days. All right? Like, you know where you are. What you do is you got to let them know where you are. It's just like when you went this back to Sierra Canyon, you had to establish yourself. There's no college had to establish. There's, it doesn't change. Mm. You know what I mean? So with, with, with them, it's less practice. So you don't really have that margin of, you know, I can catch him in, you know, a couple months. Nah, it's, it's training. Beat him out in training camp because once you beat him out in training camp, that dictates playing time for the season. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So and then from there, it's just working, being consistent, having a consistent routine so your play is consistent. That's the most important thing in the NBA that, you know, you're training your shots now, you're gonna have to find an NBA routine. Because, because you play three, four games, you don't practice as much, you're traveling, you can get off of rhythm. And then that's where slumps come in and people don't under, you know, understand why you're in the shooting slump. Well, you know, if, you, if you're taking 500 to 1,000 shots in the summer, and for the last two weeks, you've only been taking about 100, your shot's gonna dip compared to what it looked like in the summer. Right. You know, so that's where the shooting stumps come from. Because, you. you know, you're traveling and resting, and so you gotta find a way to, like, put a, 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 a program in, you know, your season, you have a season workout program where you're just consistent with it, and then your play just plays consistent. You know, so yeah. the older players are far behind all this youth coming up, so you just be mindful when you get to that level, Invest in yeah. AAU and these yeah. young kids for, for moves. It's easy behavior with some stuff. Yeah. Like, where'd you get that from? <laughs> nah, yeah, little eight-year-old did it to me. I'm like, wait, what? But also, do you feel that you have a ways to go, right? There's, oh, yeah. there's not just what you have right now. It's just going to stay the same. you got to keep adding to your Oh, brain. yeah, no, I always, I always know. I always remain humble. What are you, what are you looking that, uh, at now? What are you focused on? Mainly my IQ, my jump shot. Those are like the two biggest things. But I really just, whenever I'm in the gym, I try to get better at everything. Even when we play once, I'm working on defense and uh, just knowing when to attack, how to attack. Um, reading the when I play defense, I think like I got this from Avery Bradley. I think like I'm an offender, and um, like 
on offense, you want to you wanna dictate what the defense does, and on defense, you want to dictate what the offensive player does. So that's what I, that's what I try and do. Like, uh, have you have you actually written down your weaknesses? Uh, nah. I, do you know your weaknesses? Yeah, I know my weaknesses. Oh, yeah. Do you like like you can you have your weaknesses that you know, and then you got game weaknesses, which you won't know until you watch game tape, where you're videotaping yourself playing and then watching, mm-hmm. like watching, like man, why why did I didn't take him? And then because you know when we play, we naturally stay in our comfort zone, mm-hmm. and then we go off reaction. But there's things that we stay away from that we don't know. So, you know, once you start climbing, remember to be a full body, you know, Superman, you gotta clean up everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You yeah. gotta clean up all the weaknesses to perfect that whole, you know, you know. I can tell you like, if you look at some of the NBA players, you can see they, they, he ain't, he's still doing the same old, he's doing the same old, but you know, that's not, you know, when you when you get there, even in college, and when you get there, you gotta remember, every year you want to clean up something. Mm-hmm. You know, clean up. It's just think of it like I'm, you know, 16 now. By 26, I got 10 years to get rid of 10 bad things that I'm doing. I don't need to get rid of it all right now. I got 10 years. Every year I'm gonna clean something up, mm-hmm. and that's you know that's 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 how you. You know, you approach your game, and that's what I learned later on, you know, that I don't have to go in there and try to hurry up and try to, you know, work on all these things. Like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to clean up my left hand this year. I'm going to work on. So everything I'm doing, I'm going to, you know, stay dominant the whole summer on my left hand. Next year, I work on this. And, you know, you just build. Mm-hmm. So the thing here is, Gil brought up game film. Do you watch a lot of that? Yeah, um, during the season... I try to watch a lot of game film. Um, usually I have Coach Greg or uh, Frank come by and then we'll go over like a game or two and like different scenarios of what I could have done different and what I should have done. So yeah. So how do they get that? Because in Gil's day it was a VHS tape. Like <laughs> they got it, but it's just, Not, uh, you, have a, it, you can study it yourself basically Yeah, there's too. an app called Huddle. That's like the main app everybody use. And um, yeah, that's like all the game film. It's easy to it's easy to use. You can write notes and everything, and you can like take out certain clips and put them into like a little folder or something, so you can just pull stuff up. There's two things that happen when you watch game film, right? First of all, is you notice what you do nice. You know, like, I can't believe I got that shot <laughs> uh-huh. off. Or that was that was smooth when it went uh-huh. in. But also the things that you recognize that are like mm-hmm. deficiencies or things that you could do better, which is I think that's the more important thing to focus it, it, on. It, you know, it's just. It just depends on what you're trying to accomplish in game tape. Like if you know if you're watching it with your coach, you guys are work watching game tape on team type of mm-hmm. things. Like, oh, see, he came up here, you see the open man there, you know, you did this shot. You know, you have that type of yeah. you know, or you can just watch game tape for the highlights to keep yourself good, which make just make a highlight tape. Or you can sit there and watch, like when I watched highlight tapes. I, I didn't watch my defender. He he was irrelevant. You know, it, with enough moves and speed, he, he's out of the way. I'm I watch tape for the four and the five man. Mm-hmm. That's it. I wanted to see how they play defense, because you know once I get past him, I wanted to see what how smart these guys were. Like what were they weaknesses? Were they a, were they jumping bigs? Were they stand still bigs? Did they give me the lane? Did they take charges? So that's a only that's when I watched game tape, it was only on those two players. <laughs> it was one time where three girls had to come and yeah. try to guard me by themselves and they made it difficult. <laughs> I would say probably our rival rivalry game. I would just say I would, like when it got towards okay, we're about to make it to the championship, it was more like you have to be calm because it was a lot of stuff going on in the stands. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, you got people in your ear talking dirty, you got elbows, you know, just a dirty game because at this point you're doing whatever to win. So I would say just learning to keep my composure and still implement that killer mentality is difficult in those type of situations. Yeah, you know, um, that's going to be, that's really going to be the, the key just moving forward is understanding how to keep your mind even. 
You know, just understand that, you know, no matter what someone's stepping on your shoes, doing this, playing dirty, remember, they're winning if you get irritated. Yeah. If you start going back, nah, you just focus, do your game, play your game, let the crowd do what the crowd's gonna do with them. It don't matter, you guys are irrelevant. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's you can hype her up all she wants, she's just gonna be in foul trouble. You know what yeah. I mean? You know, and that's how you have to yeah. really start processing it. Like, oh, she wants to play dirty, you'll be foul. Sweetheart, you're going to be fouled out in a minute. Don't even worry about that. Yeah, I know you're excited. Yeah. Your family in the crowd, taking little pictures. You want me to take one with you? And you got to start, you know, playing those games. Yeah. You know, you know, that's that's you know, that's how the elite, like, think about like somebody like Kawhi Leonard. You you're telling you're telling me you've never seen him like crackle, get mad, nothing. Terminator. And 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 everybody's been trying to get into his ear, and he just <laughs> but would you say that's your style, though? Yep, that's my style. I don't really like to let... Well, I hate, like, letting people get to me. Because when people get to me, it's, you know, it's my head's scrambled <laughs> everywhere. So it's just important to keep my composure because that's when I'm at my best. But that, that's so hard to do because those words get in. It's not like Kawhi doesn't hear him. He just doesn't say anything back. I'm, it's not. It's not that hard, because because you just shut people up by just ter- like you? dominating. Yeah. Yeah. Like, See, your thing is you turn it the other way. You talk back. Yeah. I. I yeah. Um, like let's say like if I have somebody like Patrick Beverly, or some like Bruce Bowen, or you know some a, a player whose his whole job is trash talk. Mm-hmm. Right. His whole job is trash talk. So every missed shot I miss, he gets excited. Yep. You know what I mean? No matter, it, no matter, you, you're still, you still like in control of your emotions, but every shot that doesn't go in, he gets excited. So I learned how to just flip it, you know, just, you know, flip it like, oh, you play a little defense for like two minutes. Now you're going to have to drink water for 12. I mean, that's nice game. See you next game with your two minutes and your one point. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Just to, you know, just to, just to get myself going. Again. Yeah. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things where. And I remember high school. Like in high school, I was different though. I was just a demon. There was no. I, <laughs> there was. I was. What people say, it was like I was just a straight assassin. Like it was no. I don't care what you did. I was scoring fifty. Mm-hmm. Boxing one, triangle in two, zone, punch, kick, fight. None of that mattered to me. I'm scoring fifty today. And that mm-hmm. was it. That's how I played the game. It was, you know, I wasn't ranked. I, I, I made 100. I was number 100. And my senior year, I was 100 in the country. I was like, oh. But Not no, number no, no. one in your. No, no, no. Ooh, no. <laughs> Ew, I didn't even know that was it. Like, what's the funniest? <laughs> like, I'm thinking like, I'm like, this is, you got to really think like this. If I'm 100 and I'm a demon, what the hell did number one look like? That's. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to, like, who, like, I remember watching, I was doing stats when I'm playing, like, all right, I'm, I'm leading the nation in scoring. Then I was like, Teddy Dupay, who the hell is this? She scored 60, 70, 80? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at a name, you know, we didn't have, you yeah. mm-hmm. didn't have, so you just seen name in 75. You're like, I got to turn it up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I'm competing with a 5'5 five, five dude. <laughs> Some 5'5 five, five dude out of Florida just giving buckets. Just like, you know, he played for his daddy, you know, ultra, ultra green light. But, you know, but because I'm looking at numbers, it made me, you know, compete mm-hmm. at that level. Because, you know, you're always told that if you're not working, somebody else is. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's, it's always still, still being aware of, you know, the environment. Yep. You know, even though the world is a little bit smaller for you guys, because you you can just yeah. Okay, she did that today. Now let me go ahead and. Mm-hmm. But Amari, what you just said was you mentioned the team, and take us inside what it is like at Sierra Canyon because it's a high-profile program, but still the really important thing that you know, I, of course, you're gonna get everybody's best shot, but you have to identify everybody's roles. So yeah. so how did you guys sort that out to where you know you know everyone's gonna be in the right place? I think the good thing about this past year's team was that we all kind of knew each other and we all like knew what each other was good at. Like I knew BJ was a supreme scorer. I knew Z Will was like a point forward. I knew Taryn, 
He liked to score the ball. I know Harold, he doesn't really want to go inside. He'll go inside. You, you get what I'm saying? So like we knew each other's personnel already and we had people that were returning. So it wasn't that hard. And people like, I don't know, players made it abundantly clear like what they were like here for. If, if you get what I'm saying. So like, B, like BJ came out here, he made it abundantly clear like he was here for business. And you can see like he took over. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? So it's like everyone kind of had their set role after like the practices. You kind of get to know like who's who and what's what. So it wasn't that hard. But I got to think everybody was there for business. Yeah, everyone was there for business, but like there are people that are here for business and then there are here, people that are here for business, but they kind of like what comes with all, like that, <laughs> that kind of like what comes with the whole package. You know what I'm saying? So, You know, I, I remember like seeing some of the scores and then um, I'll, see, I'll see Coach Dre and I'm like, man, you got too many horses, bro. Let them go. Yeah. Let them go, bro. <laughs> this, this, yeah. this ain't Cleveland, 1998. Man, right. let, let them let, let them go. Like yeah. you know, you just let them just run everyone out the building. I mean, you you have the athletes, you have the scoring ability, you have the talent to do it. Like you know, try to put some things in where you just let them flying up and down and just run everybody out of the building. And he he started doing it. To, uh, he was like, yeah, you know, yeah, you know. I, I was doing me early, you know, now I'm letting them do them a little bit better. Yeah, and towards, like, the second half of the season, like, everyone started to realize, like, everyone understood his discipline, but then, like, as a unit, we all knew, too, like, all right, y'all, like, we just got to go play. And at, the, at the end of the day, you know, like, we can't just, like, keep, I don't know, harping on, like, what he's trying to tell us. Mm-hmm. Or like the discipline that he's trying to instill in us and just like go out there and play at the end of the day. You know, I, I, I always, you know, got this from coaches. Um, no matter what they're talking about, as long as you play hard, it kind of washes out. Everything. <laughs> it kind of washes out yeah. everything, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it's like... Well, then the pressure's on the coach because like, played our ass off, we lost. So yeah, that's... but that's... But as long as you, you know, like, you know, I'd rather have a team that goes like just ball out. They're just playing uh, 100 miles an hour and don't make anything. I'd rather have that than, you know, than have a lazy crew. Right. You know what I mean? I, I don't Thanks. want a lazy crew. A lazy crew, you, you know you can't win, you know, yep. at, the end of the, at the end of the day with them. But if I got a, if I got a group that's going to go out there and they're going to be picking up full court, they're doing this, they're doing, hey, I, there ain't really much I can, you know, I'm going to yell just because that's what I do. But other than that, it's just, y- y'all, no, play. Yep. y'all go out there and play. And when it comes down to it, you guys have the, the tools to, to execute, yeah. which is the good news too. But for you, how do you approach your role? First of all, you have to identify that, but then, you know, I know you're, you're a deep dude, you're, you're well thought out, so for you, what goes into that? Well, I went and sat down with Coach Dre and we talked about my role. He was like, yeah, like you averaged like 10, 12 points like the, your first two years. He was like, we're gonna need like 25s and 30s like to get over the hump with this year's he team. Year. I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he told, he told me something. He was just like, go out there and play and like play how you did in eighth grade. And like that just like rung a really fat bell. I was just like, in eighth grade, you know, you have all this, how do I explain it? I don't know. It's just like you get to high school and then it's just like, you feel like you're in like this box, but you're really not. Like, you're really not <laughs> you're in the really box. Not. Like you're boxing yourself. So I just get to go out and play now, and that having the ultimate green light—that's something that everyone wants. So I'm. Just, and and, yeah. and I used to say it a long time ago. Uh, I think I said it was on my early in the podcast where I was saying, you know, it's like having a pit bull. You know, he ain't scary if you got the leash with him. You know, you take that leash off and let him walk by himself. Now that's a scary pit bull. Yeah. You know, so with coaches, if you don't let your pit bulls off the leash, no one is going to be scared of it. You know, so when you have that sit down and he says, hey, <clears throat> I need you to do it, this. I need you to 25, 30. So he doesn't match this, hey, 25, 30, whatever. That, that means whatever you, whatever you going to do, do it. Be your eighth grade self. Dominate. Right. You know what I mean? That right, that right there, without any, if he would have started the season right there after that conversation, you would have averaged 25, 30. Facts. Because it, mentally he just unlocked some doors that you thought was shut. Yeah. He walk, walk in there. And that's what I tell coaches. Like, when you see your talent, keep letting them know you have to green light. Green light. There ain't no yellow. There's no yellow. Green. green. 
<laughs> green. You know what I mean? Because you want them to, you want to them to their creativity to just to keep going. Just because once you tell a kid that hey, you know, slow down. Just don't do, don't do as much as you thinking you're trying to do. He becomes narrow-minded. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't want a narrow-minded basketball player. And he second-guess themselves. You know, yeah, because, you know, basketball is gray area. It's not black and white. You know what I mean? I can't say, all right, you're going to go out there and you're going to average 12 points, six rebounds, four assists. Yeah, no, Cause, I mean, cause like that. What ends up happening is if that kid is talented, he's going to actually give you that. That, that exact number, yeah. because he's so talented that he can dial down his game just for those numbers to make you happy. When, when he really had 2012 and something in his body. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you, you want to give your guys who have the green, green light, green light. Just let me see what you're capable of. You want to try a windmill 360 on the fast break? Let me see it. You know what I mean? You yeah. know, it's like I want to see what, you're, what, 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 what comes up here when you're on fast breaks, you're in traffic, because... Once that kid unlocks everything, his game becomes unstoppable. You know, like James Harden, if someone would have put clamps on him, you wouldn't be getting all this creativity you had. You know, the Luca, you wouldn't be getting that. You know, the Trey Young throwing the, I'm, I'm guarantee you, nobody, the coach ain't said, hey, don't, don't be throwing it between people's legs. You know, that ain't, no. They, they, they just let him play. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so his brain kicks in a whole different level. Well, what's the worst thing as a coach you could do is hurt your player's confidence? Mm -hmm. Because then that's a whole nother thing that you got to try to draw back. And that we've seen it. Guys lose a whole season off that. Let's take a break and talk about our friends at Newcom. You can't talk about performance without addressing recovery. After a workout or competition, you might ice, you might stretch, you might focus on your nutrition. But one thing you definitely should focus on and add to your routine, it's to help make a noticeable difference and it's Newcom. Through this quarantine, we've got our workouts ranging at all times of day. I've gotten used to morning workouts to get things started. And after, you know, you want to start your day out right, but you want to set things up post-workout. And the key to it, I've discovered, is Newcom. After a workout, Newcom quickly takes you out of your catabolic breakdown mode and shifts you into a healthy build-up mode so you can heal and recover as quickly as possible, spending your day the right way without worrying about recovery but feeling good and ready for action. Newcom is the only system of its kind clinically proven in over 1 million sessions to improve your sleep, reduce your stress, and boost your recovery without drugs and side effects. The Newcom system uses cutting-edge neuroscience and consists of three non-invasive, non-pharmaceutical items, all of which are included in your monthly subscription that costs less than a daily cup of coffee. The whole process is easy to use and to work into your daily routine to achieve better sleep, reduction in stress, and boost recovery. Also, get out there and perform. Do what I did. Own the day with Newcom. We have a special link set up specifically for fans of the No Chill podcast. Go to nochillnewcom.com and get 50% off your 30-day subscription of Newcom and their money-back guarantee. That's nochillnewcom.com, N-U-C-A-L-M.com, N-U-C-A-L-M.com. Let's also take time to talk about our friends at Sunsoil. These days, it seems like a lot of people are putting CBD in everything. There's a lot of noise, but there's one company from Vermont that's worth the hype, and that's Sunsoil. You know, we all have supplements and our vitamins in our daily routine, and when you add something else to it, you want to make sure it's easy to use. The Sunsoil CBD oil, the cinnamon flavor, is my personal favorite. I just drop it in some water or some hot tea or some cold tea, depending on your temperature, and it's right there, and it's part of your daily routine. Sunsoil makes CBD oil that is USDA certified organic. CBD is made from hemp plants. So how the hemp plant is grown really matters. Sunsoil farms their hemp in Vermont, and they never use pesticides, herbicides, or GMOs. We all try to be mindful about what we're putting in our body. That's why you gotta love Sunsoil, because it's made from simple ingredients that we can pronounce from their products containing coconut oil and hemp, and that's it. Also, they're fully transparent. 
Sunsoil clearly labels the amount of CBD that's in each serving. Sunsoil also tests every batch of product at three independent labs and publishes the results on their website. And another thing to love about Sunsoil, this is a little bonus here, they donate a percentage of sales via 1% for the planet to environmental and community causes. They care about their product, they care about you, and they care about our environment. And we care about Sunsoil. They make good stuff. Sunsoil makes CBD oil with simple organic ingredients. And you can get 30% off your first order by going to sunsoil.com slash no chill. 30% off that first order. And that's at sun, S-U-N, soil, S-O-I-L, dot com slash no chill for 30% off your first order. Sunsoil.com slash no chill. All right, let's take a break because we want to tell you once again about our good friends at Features. Believe it or not, the holidays are almost here. It's been a strange few months, so why not give friends and family the gift that puts a jingle back in their step? For 20 years, Features has been solely focused on delivering an unsurpassed performance sock. A great pair of socks can be the perfect holiday gift for everyone on your list. And with features, every pair feels like a custom fit. I'm wearing my pair right now. And for my foot sweaters, I got something for you. When you have heavy sweat soaked socks that just literally weighs you down. And I got a pair of features on right now. And I got to admit, my feet do sweat and I'm feeling nothing right now. They provide the difference. It's the sweat game. It's the comfort and stability that you can only find in Features. Features has tons of styles to choose from, from no-show to knee-highs, ultra-light-knit to maximum cushion, and with designs tailored for your everyday wear, athletic performance, and extra support. Plus, they have a lifetime guarantee. If you're unsatisfied at any point, get a replacement pair, no questions asked. Features is a proudly family-owned business as well. Hugh Gaither founded the company in 2002, and he and his sons, John and Joe, own and operate the company in North Carolina. Their mission, to create products that help you achieve your personal best. And for fans of the Nocho podcast, of course, we got something for you with Features. You can get 10 bucks off your first pair of Features just in time for the holidays when you use the promo code NOCHILL. At features.com, you get 10 bucks off your first pair with that promo code NOCHILL. F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S dot com with the promo code NOCHILL. Your feet will thank you. Happy holidays. Obviously been a strange year, but you went, instead of going to college, mm -hmm. you took this year uh, to be at Chameleon BX mm -hmm. to work strictly on becoming a pro. Yeah, that's, it's a... It's, it's, it's a decision move, this is a family move, you know. I came with my dad and my dad was like, this is what we should do. It's really your, it's your choice. It's not, you know, a lot of people make, uh, parents make other choices for their kids. My dad said, yo, it's your choice. Whatever you wanna do, is we gonna, I'm gonna be on you, he gonna like, he gonna be with me. It's not, it's gonna take a family thing. My mom, my sister, my dad, grandma, they're with me on this decision. So it's not just like, oh, I made it, no, my dad made my decision. My dad didn't make my decision. He helped me on that decision. I kind of went to college, yeah. I could have. But I wanted to be a better person. You know what I'm saying? They weren't about, you know, college basketball or, you know, if this going to happen, if not. I had to think outside of that. Like, what if it don't happen? So it's like, I might as well get ready for the draft. Let's lock in. Let me focus and let me become a really a pro. Like, a lot of people say, they're like, oh, yeah, he a pro. Okay, let's see, we're gonna do what it takes to be a pro. We're not gonna say, oh, he a pro and not do what it takes. We actually gotta do it. It's gonna be a process. So yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what's so funny is that's you know, when you when when people ask me, I said, you know, everyone has their own different road. You know, it's it's trying to fast forward yourself a year from now and say, all right, if I go to college, if I go prep, if I go overseas, if I just say, you know what, I'm gonna train with professionals which one is gonna be the better decision? You don't have an answer. No one has an answer. Only, only, only you can, you know- Dictate what's di going on. Dictate what's gonna, what's gonna happen. You know, um, the program, is that where Frank's at? Yeah. Ha! Man, and- Okay, so for people that don't know, who is Frank? Cause he's somebody that's been in your past. Okay, so- <laughs> I think we've talked about him before on the podcast, um, but- 
Okay, let's, so, let's rewind it because so it's the new the, version with Kyrie. So after the 05-06 playoffs with LeBron, mm-hmm. right? I missed but LeBron those, did shoulder tap. Yeah, yeah, yeah shoulder, shoulder did the shoulder tap. I missed those two free throws, right? And then I shot shot a thousand, two thousand right after the game, right? Season's over yeah, yeah. with. I just I just couldn't you get it. Clicking, you started trying to figure it out. And then you know I'm thinking about you know watching the playoffs, thinking about you know. Um, was it Nick Anderson who missed the free throws? Oh, yeah. Because I, I was an Orlando Magic fan. I was a big Penny fan. And I didn't want that, that, that mindset. That, to be on you. You know, yeah. just every time I'm at the free throw line, is that going to happen to me? Yeah. You know, so I said, you know what? I need, to, I need to do something different. I need to get my mental right. So I'm uh, hitting everyone. Everyone. Hey, I need some, a mental expert. Some, and it was like, oh, we got a guy especially for you. And uh, he's out of San Francisco. He does uh, black ops training and this and this and this. And I was like, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. You know, I was like, Cause, listen, I'm trying to catch Kobe and do all this. And, and I went there and that's all it was. It was about mental focus. Just being mentally, you know, like, it was just a, the biggest mental challenge I ever went through. Like, you know, just, you know, we're, we're going to, sh- like, right then they didn't have, ba- he didn't have basketball. Yeah. You know, so he'd just be like, all right, uh, each spot, a thousand makes. And you know, it's like, wait, what? A thousand makes, let's go. And then shooting a thousand makes, the mind goes through its own, mm. you know, thinking. Like you missed maybe 20 in a row. Yeah. And you got to lock back in. <laughs> yeah, lock back. So it's like, you, yeah. you know. Because yeah. right, you got to get to the, you're going to, you, you're getting, you got to get to the thousand no matter what. So your mind has to lock in. Yeah. And that's so you can make was. the 1,000 yep, shots. So you if you don't, you're, you're going to get mad. You're going to throw the ball here <laughs> and there. So you got to actually lock in yep. for that 1,000. Yeah. <laughs> so you, that yeah. you've been there. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I've been, I've been <laughs> in that there, situation. I get mad. I chuck the ball well, down the court. I'm like, bro, this is pointless. You still got to finish it. But you yeah. still got to finish, finish it, though. It, yeah. yeah. And the next level of training there is that it puts you in uncomfortable situations, which yeah. is you can always have your routine. Yeah. You're going to work out with your trainer. It's cool. But if you do something that breaks all that, like you said, you shoot, you try to make a thousand shots, and all of a sudden you're turning your wrist and your cock and you're missing yeah. 20. And then you have that mental capacity to build it back up. Build so it's like, all right, so now I feel even better than any other workout. Yeah, and that's that was the that was the real key because you know, when I went into that next season, that was the season where I was hitting all the game winners, beating everybody at the free throw line, uh break I broke damn near every record. Clay and uh Clay Thompson ended up breaking most of them. Um, but that was the, the 60, 54, 51, yeah. 16 in overtime, 46 in 30 minutes. You know, that's where, yeah. you know, because I, I knew how to lock in now. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's, that's a good place to be. So, yeah. so what that accomplishes, mind. you're almost unbeatable, unguardable. Like you oh, have yeah. an answer for everything. That, that's you, really what you're striving for. Yeah, really, pretty much it. Yeah. You got to tap into a whole different mode. It's there. It's there. You get to league. It's, no, it's, it's not easy, but it's pretty easy to get to the league. But it's, is you going to stay and perform? You don't want a two-way. It's not, you know, but you want to stay and perform and actually lock in. When you're on the court, you got to be completely locked. I've always been locked when I'm on the court. I ain't, I ain't basketball is my gateway through anything. If I'm a bad day, let me go shoot. Let me go do this. When I'm on the court, I'm locked in. I ain't worried about what you say or he say or whatever. I'm going to lock in for that whole entire game. And with him, he's going to put me in different situations where I'm not going to like it. But guess what? I'm going to do what it takes to be to be that pro in a way. Yeah. I feel sorry for women's basketball. Not going to lie. Um, you have to be part of the wave that, that, that changes the rules. Yeah. So that rule is this. You have four years of high school, and then you have. Four years of college. Right, that's so stupid. Like, it's, like, you have to, like, I don't know why it hasn't been changed and, you know, gave, you know, women basketball the opportunity to really leave out of high school if you're you're good enough. I mean. Right. Or even leave college early. Yeah, leave college early. Because the theory of, the theory of any, any sport is your skill, skill adapts to skill, no matter if you're 24, 18, 17, the skill skill learns how to adapt. So what ends up happening is if all female basketball players are entering the league, their league, the WNBA, at 23, 24, 
that 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 growth of a new style gets taken away. So you don't have the let's say that that age of a Zion and a um, John Morant, yeah, John yeah. Morant, that the Trey Youngs, the Lucas, you don't get that. In the WNBA. In the, you the know, yeah, you don't like, get it in the WNBA. So you don't get the young. So what ends up happening is two, three, four years in a the college, they're, they're, you're set. So if I, take, if I take you and say, all right, I'm going to take you out of your senior year and drop you into the NBA, four years you play against your college for yourself, who do you think is a better player? The NBA player. The NBA player. So the growth of that NBA player leaving and learning faster you don't they don't they don't they don't they're not get matching it. up you know so you you have to be part of that young wave that just knocks on that door and says open up we like, want to come in earlier in. we want to come in earlier because that was the one thing that i'm like ah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's too old that's you, you're you're messing up that you're messing up the like, game yeah. you're messing up their game you're not letting it evolve and the thing about women's college basketball that's so different is when you make that decision and go to a school, you're there for four years. Whereas you go to the NBA, you know, an elite program and you can go one and done. Yeah, I'm going to a Duke or Kentucky, but I'm only going to be there for a year. For now the mindset in women's basketball is I'm there for four years. Yeah. Better get used to it. So if I'm going to Storrs, Connecticut or Knoxville, Tennessee, you know, that's going to be my new home. High school. You want to leave out of high school. Yeah. Let's make it he's, now. He's thinking that. Tell him you want it. I'm straight pro out of high school. Don't. <laughs> I'd be a little kid to all the girls. <laughs> Basically. But that's the point. I, yes, you guys, you, you guys are older. You're going to teach me at a younger age. So that means by the time I get to your age, I'm 10 times better than you. Yeah. That's the process of development that no one's paying attention to. Like, if you take 18, 19 year olds and throw them into the ocean, they're gonna learn how to swim faster. Right. You know, they just you, you just naturally learn how to get better faster from a freshman to your senior. So your freshman year, you you get to practice against a senior. Well, by the time you're a senior, your senior year versus what she was is no comparison. It's a lot better. Yeah, so it's like, you know, this you have to get your group in. You say, hey, WNBA, I wanna come in straight out of high school. That that's the mindset. Out of high school, be the first one out of high school. Put it out there in the universe. Yeah, put it out in the universe. We've talked about this before, you and I, never on the record. Positionless basketball. Do you like that term? No, because it is 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 not a positionless game. It's big men that are skilled that can play every position, but you can't go the other way with it. You know, so you can't say, "All right, Curry, all right, go out there and be the five and guard." You know. Guard the big man. Like, no, you can't do that. Right. You know, you can't say, all right, Clay Thompson, you know, you're the five man today. No, you can't do that. Right. But you can take these, the, the big man, and say, all right, well, I mean, you're agile, you can defend. Okay, we're going to put you at the four. Okay, maybe the three, two. You, you can guard the one, switch it all. You know, th that's what makes, you know, so it's only one way. It's the big men that are mm -hmm. multi skilled versus going up. So it's not technically positioned. It's just, you know, bigger guys who can play multiple positions. How do you relate to that term? I mean, now that I've got your perspective, I, I always thought it was just positionless, you know, because guys like Ben Simmons are mm -hmm. ones, you know, 6'10", playing point guard, but can also defend the big, mm -hmm. you know. But now that you, you know, said that, I kind of agree with, you know, the tweener, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's, that's, it's, it's, only, it's only one way down. Like, we, um, we had a player, Jared Jeffries, um, and he was probably one of the only handful of guys that can guard actually all five positions. Mm. So he'll go in a game and he'll guard T Mac, Yao, and then the you know Rafe Austin. How tall? All is in he? the same game. He's six eleven. Oh, yeah. So he was. It was just he was from Indiana. He was a shooter from Indiana. Stopping Yao, then the sub. Okay, he has to go back to Trace McGrady. So I'm getting killed by Rafer. Go to Rafer. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's it's those guys that, that are intangible that actually gives the, the illusion that the game is, you know. Positionless? Positionless, yeah. That. I, I try not it. to put that in I my know, vocabulary. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> in, in theory, it's a, it's a good concept because no one's putting a label on you. 
And I think that's probably what you would want to be most comfortable with. Don't label me. Let me play my game. Right. I agree with that, you know, because obviously I don't like to, I was thinking this positionless because I never liked to play the five, you know. Now I like to, and I see guys shooting the ball, big men shooting the ball and uh, taking the ball up the court. And it's like, I want to do that too. I don't want to be labeled as the five or the four, you know. I want to be able to do everything. So. And also, you work on your handle. You work right. on these things and also you want to be able to use those. But right. that's, that's where you're like, wait a minute, don't put me in this box. Don't call me Embiid. Mm -hmm. I'm me. And I can do all these other things that maybe they can't do. Yeah, you know, right now it's, you know, um, you're more valuable at a 5 4 3 mm -hmm. position, you know, because it's like, yeah, you want to sub me out, but you don't have to sub me out now. Just mm -hmm. move me to the four, right. move me to the three, mm -hmm. you know, and you get to like your, your value goes up. And that was one of my things that I learned early because um, I came in as a tweener, one, two, wasn't mm -hmm. really a point guard and wasn't big enough to be the two. So while I'm sitting there watching what twos did mm -hmm. and realized I'm, I'm gonna get killed in this position, you know? And I was like, well, eh, John Stockton looks a little old. They don't really have any scores there, okay. I'm gonna be a one. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that, you know, while I was, you know, sitting, not playing, I'm just practicing my handle, you know, trying to understand what the point guard did and became a max player in this position. You know, so yeah, I'm, I'm okay, $5 million player as a shooting guard, mm -hmm. but I'm a max player because, you know, yeah. I'm the alpha of scoring in this position. And that's the same where, you know, as, as a, bigger, a bigger guy, you can play the three, four, five. Mm -hmm. So you can figure out which lane you're gonna play in a day right. and say, ah, right, you know what, okay, he's there, let me go here. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna tear him up this game, and, you, and that's the advantage. So, your, your value shoots up. Cause you know, you can, you know, if, if they haven't been, okay, we just draft you as a three man. Mm -hmm. And draft you as a four. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you get the bounce and you don't, you don't have no confliction. Yeah. And we can throw another term in there, it's a baseball term, five tool player. And in baseball, that means you can do everything. You have it, you have it all. So for, for basketball purposes, is that your approach? You don't want any flaws. Um. What are you saying I can play every, every, every position? Position and skills. I can shoot, I can put it on the floor, I can defend, I can Yeah, I mean, up. I like to be well-rounded and be able to do everything a point guard can do. Um, but yeah, I don't want to be just labeled as someone who can just do this and not be able to step out um, and show what else I can do on the court. And really to break that down, it's situational. So depending on is it the matchup that you have is a mismatch. Obviously, you always find the mismatch, right, mm -hmm. too? Or what kind of defense are they throwing at me? Um, what's the situation with my team? Are they just going, like, pressing us? Are they going up and down? And, you know, you want to be able to adapt to any situation. You know, you know, right now, you know, when you're, when you're probably one of the biggest guys in high school, it's like, oh, no, you're, you're going to be the five. Right. But they label you as yeah, the five. Yeah, they're going to label you as the five. But, you know, that's when you just, you know, you're training for next levels. Mm -hmm. You know, making sure you're working on, you know, your vision, working on your passing skills, working on your dribbling, mid-range, learning how to move, you know, without the screen, learning how to defend, you know, smaller guys. Right. You know, because it's just, it's just adding extra value to the bigger picture. You know, and that's what, you know, a lot of coaches in high school don't realize, and a lot of coaches in you know college don't realize, because they need to use you for what they need now mm -hmm. versus what you're gonna be. Right. You know, so you know at this stage you're just trying to just add extra attributes to your game until you get to where you want to get to. But yeah, to always have that that chip on your shoulder that you know you you really sleep with one eye open. You know what I mean? Because if as soon as you relax, they catch up to you. Yeah, you're, you're done. No, you got to always remember, too, when you're at the top, you got to remember everyone's paying attention and everyone has a chance to catch you because you don't see them, but they get to see everything you're doing. Yeah. So if you're posting, yeah, I took 400 shots today, number two and three is like, oh, he took 400? I'm going to take 600. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know and, they, and, and that's what they get to do, you know, being behind. So you got to always be mindful that that there's always someone hunting you. Someone's always looking. So every time you step on a court, every time you, you know, you're playing in a game, practicing, be mindful that someone's watching that's trying to take your spot. Yeah. You know, so you gotta set examples to everybody. You know, it's basically at this, when you're on top, it's, it's 
kill mode everybody. There's no, yeah. there's no more, for, there ain't, yeah, no, ain't friends no friends now. It's, yeah, kill, no friends. it's kill mode. <laughs> like, I know we teammates today in AAU, but we're going to play against each other in regular yeah. season, so I'm going to, it's kill mode. <laughs> that was, so the, your AAU team, That let's talk about that for a second. That was a loaded team. So at that point, I, would that be your role though? I feel like you're more of a playmaker. Uh-huh. So would you say you're the you're the assassin on the team? Um, I feel like we had a bunch of killers on there actually. I mean, we had Josh Christopher who's at Arizona State right now. We had Julian Strother who's at Gonzaga, and then we had me. So it was basically like a three-headed snake. So uh-huh. like, you feel me? Like if you can't, you can't. It's not gonna be able to stop all three of us. So I feel like all of us had the mindset of like we. We going in, we trying to kill, like, we trying to make noise. And that's what we did. So our first game out, we came out and we broke the EYBL scoring record. First game, so. <laughs> I mean. Jesus. <laughs> you know, that's the problem with, 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 like, teams that got that kind of talent. Because it's hard to really evaluate you individually because, for the most part, you're playing half of your game because you're trying to fit in. You know, it just reminds me of when James Harden was in OKC. So unless you was a real basketball head, you didn't see what he was, what he really was. Uh-huh. Because he was sitting there playmaking, getting everybody involved, making sure the ball got from, you know, Westbrook to KD, from KD to Westbrook. And he just middlemaned everything, you know, got his little points here. So when everyone's like, yo, why are they paying him max? Oh, no, 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 because he's, he's a killer. He's just, he just understands what's needed from him at this moment. So when he goes to Houston, yeah. he, 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 he blossoms that fast because no one's seen the value of what he was doing. The value of what he was doing is making sure this person's getting the ball, this person's getting the ball, I'll score when I need to, but at the end of the day, I can do the same thing too. The other two just ain't capable of sharing right now, so I'm gonna be the smart one and make yeah. sure we all can work this thing out. Because I, I, doing some homework, I came up with this concept. It's already out there, but we'll talk about it now. Is the idea that can you be both a playmaker and an assassin? Yes, that's, yes. that's what he is. That's just, <laughs> I was going to introduce you to one. No, 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 because, you know, just like, just like a Harden was, the playmaking is coming because I also have other assassins on the court. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to let them eat. We can all eat. You know, and that's 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 the best part about an assassin who understands that he has other players with him. You know what I mean? And when they're off the court, I'll turn it on. You know, but right now I don't need to hunt. I can just we'll just all do what we all need to do it together. Because is that your approach? Do you find yourself picking spots more than just trying to dominate? Yeah, I just feel like every time I step out there, I'm trying to dominate. Like I feel like when I stop out there, I try to look at it as if, as if like nobody knows me. Like I'm out here, I'm trying to prove myself. So every time I step on the floor, I just feel like I gotta prove myself. So well, and that's the chip we're talking about. Like mm-hmm. you always want to have that way. I don't know if it's prove yourself after a certain point. You just are who you are. Yeah, I mean, when you, then when it becomes <laughs> I, you know because it's funny. There's a, there's a cycle. There's like once you prove yourself, oh, we all appreciate and love you for that. Mm-hmm. And then we want to we want to put like the media take all that stuff mm-hmm. comes in and they want to poke you and find yeah. flaws and then you have doubters and you know like you want to silence the doubters. I played with Dart when I was a freshman and like he taught me so much stuff because it was it was just like the mental aspect of it and like you were saying you used to write your stats like every I have a ritual too like every time I'm riding in the car or the bus whatever it is before the game I put my headphones in I close my eyes and I just like envision what's going to happen in the game mm-hmm. I say I'm gonna get up this many threes. I'm gonna have this many points, I'm gonna get 12 rebounds. And that's that's what's gonna push us to win the game. And I remember like when we used to practice with Dart when I was a freshman, uh, we would play threes continuous. So you know how that is where you go down, if you score, you come back. So uh, I remember Dart would always, cause I was the best player on the team. So Dart would always put me with like the guys who like would be on the bench. Uh-huh. He, would, he would always put me with like the worst players. And I would always be mad and I'm like, Dart, I'm trying to win. Why do you keep putting the worst players on my team? He was like, we going up to five. If you bad, you could get five by yourself, mm-hmm. five straight. And I was like, well, I guess I got to get five straight. <laughs> so the next practice I came in, I came in aggressive. I was, shoot, I was shooting them. And soon enough, I got that killer in me. Like, 
Like, I got to do what I got to do to pull this out. And, and that's, you know, it's, and, and it was so funny is, you know, Dart is the you one know that, Dart's like yeah, that. Dart is the one that, that mentally can, can challenge you because at the end of the day, you, you said, I want to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, this is what you're going to have to win with. Show me. Fact. It's easy to win with talent. Fact. Show me when you don't have talent. What, what, what does it have inside? Are you going to quit? Are you going to blame them? Or are you just going to try to will everyone and say, all right, let's, let's go? And that's what he did. He challenged, he challenged you to say, all right, yeah, we're going to take the two worst players, you know, number 15 and 14, put them, put them with you and win. You say you want to win, let's see. You know what I mean? And it, and it takes you to another level. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it puts you because you're going to have to do that sometimes. You're going to have to do it at UCLA. When you get to league, you have to do it. When you get to league, you're going to have to tap into trying to will, you know, your, your talent onto a game where you're outmatched. Mm-hmm. But to simplify that whole thing, it's what you it's what you want out of the game, right? So it's your fuel. For Jimmy, he realized that I'm here to win. We're here for, for a championship, right? If not, we're going home. And that's he said something like that, like no one's thinking about going home right now. We're thinking about winning. So once you find that, you're gonna you're gonna figure out. All right, here's what I got to do. Whatever I got, I got to sell out to win. And whatever I got to do, I got to find that fuel and use it. So for you, Peyton, what's your fuel? Just being being my best at all times. Uh, I never want to beat. You never want to beat yourself. Is one thing I tell myself. Is like if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose with it all out there. Because. Um, to be honest, when you get to a certain level, everybody has pride. So it's just a matter of like who wants it more. And sometimes you're gonna bring your best and it's not gonna work out, but you, at least you know you got you brought your best and it wasn't easy for anybody. But like Jimmy said, you don't play any games to lose. Mm-hmm. You play to win. Until the, until the buzzer sounds, you play to win. <laughs>